Welcome to The Journey with Ray Spellbrink. I am your host, Ray Spellbrink, and we want to welcome you to Online Church today. We do the message as a part of our podcast, and today we're going to be talking about resisting the devil, resisting the devil. People are saying that, remember back in the 70s, you used to hear this, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. I think, by the way, folks, I think the devil gets blamed for a lot of things itself. Amen. You know, and so, so we, he, he gets, I mean, he, don't get me wrong, he's nobody's friend, and he's nobody's dummy, by the way, so he knows how to try to trip us up. But I want to, my text today is James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Now, a lot of people forget that submit to God part. They want to be, just be able to go through life submitting, I mean, resisting the devil, not having any issues, not having any problems, not having any difficulties. But in order to do that, you know what? You're going to have to submit to God. Because quite honestly, we're no match for the devil. We're no match for the devil. That's why we need him to fight our battles for us. We as believers are called upon not only to contend with an evil heart. We're all born into sin. So we contend with an evil heart and an evil world, but also with evil spirits. Paul tells us in writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. Now, it doesn't mean that Satan won't use people or work through people, and uh, he because he does. But, uh, but the source of all this is not flesh and blood. These adversaries that we face, that Paul mentioned there, are banded together under one head, and that head, of course, is Satan. He is the leader. And speaking of the devil, we must include all his emissaries. Remember when De- when Satan got kicked out of heaven, what one third of heaven's angels went with him. He had convinced, he is so sly and schemes in such a great way, he had convinced one third of heaven's angels to go with him in an uprising against God. Think about that. One third of heaven's angels got kicked out. So all these the demons now, they're known as, uh, are part, and then people who kind of follow along that path. So, so it's important, I think, that we, we're, let's look at our foe. Let's look at the devil. It's important to know your enemy. Uh, I've never been in battle, never been in the military, but what I do know is that, they, that I remember growing up in, in, in school, uh, we would uh, look at the different battles, and one of the things they wanted to do, they wanted to know their enemy, how their enemy thinks. They try to uh, figure it out. They try to know how their enemy fights. They, they try to figure it out. So it's important to know your enemy. It's, in, it's a mistake to underestimate the importance of an enemy. Sometimes people uh, uh, write the devil off as a little uh, red cartoon character that sits on your shoulder and whispers things, or tem- tem- uh, he whispers temptations in your ears. Uh, that's not what the devil is. He's a schemer. He's sly. He wants to take you down. He wants to, you to, to live in misery and, and squalor. He wants to bring you down with him because he knows what his future holds. Therefore, let's form a right assessment of our foe. Let's look, first of all, at his power. Satan can inflame the mind and the evil desire 
of the will and emotions. You know, somebody do something wrong. Somebody uh, cross you. you. You know those people who fly off the handle with anger and they respond uh, inappropriately? At the, at the, to say the least, sometimes they go ballistic. Sometimes uh, they, they go into uh, uh, fights. Or, or uh, here, here recently, uh, just past week, we had, uh, we don't know why, but we had a, a man that uh, was seemingly a quiet man. But all of a sudden he went uh, uh, and shot, started shooting up his workplace. And uh, three people have, have died with several injured. And so um, we can't explain, that's evil. That's evil. That's all you can explain with that. But we don't, as far as the, the, the details, we don't know. We don't have them. Because he eventually took his own life. So uh, in and of ourselves, we need to realize that we are no match for the devil. And uh, Lenny Wolf, uh, many years ago, back in the 70s, wrote a song that said in part, I'm no match for the devil. No, on my own, I'd fail every time. But greater is he that is in me. So I say, Satan, get thee behind. And we can do that. Because First John four four says, "Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world." And we then, the sooner that we realize that that, that it, it's Jesus, it's the Jesus that's in us, it's the Holy Ghost that's in us that makes the difference, that resists the devil, and that does the fighting for us. The more victory we will have, and the more often we will walk in victory. His power, Satan's power, is enormous. There's no question about that. He's a very powerful foe. And, and to cut him short and to say he's not would be to, to underestimate the power of the enemy. But, uh, we, but we also must realize, uh, even though his power is enormous, it is limited. He has limited power by the, uh, in accordance to the, totality, to the totality of the power from our God. Even though he tried to take over heaven, you might say, to overthrow God, that didn't work. So what happened? He and one-third of heaven's angels were kicked out. So he cannot defeat God. Okay, And he did not defeat Jesus. He tempted Jesus, and Jesus wouldn't go along with it. He wouldn't go along with it. In fact, we're told to give no place to the devil. Don't put yourself in a position to give him place, to give him authority, to give him the opportunity to do things in your life. Then let's look at the, his diligence. Satan is described as continually prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. Satan never quits. And he, by the way, he doesn't fight fair either. He doesn't fight fair. And uh, sometimes they, I've heard that there are rules of engagement, but Satan doesn't care about the rules. He doesn't fight fair. He, he, he prowls around. Think about a, a lion prowling and by the way a lion doesn't come at uh, its its uh, intended target head on he comes at it from the side from either side or from behind and that's the way satan fights too he's extremely diligent and if satan cannot trip you up once twice even a hundred times he's still going to keep trying it'll be the hundred and first and that hundred and second he's only going to try again then his malice. Satan envies every human happiness and seeks to undermine it. He can't stand for you to be happy. He can't stand for us to be joyful. He can't stand for us to have a smile on our face, to, have, to be walking in victory, and to have a song in our heart. Satan will steal the song. One of the first things he does, and he steals your joy 
and he steals your victory. Therefore, he's rendering you basically ineffective for the cause of Christ. Don't let that happen. And we'll tell you how you cannot let that happen in just a little bit. He's miserable. Satan's miserable, and he wants to spread his misery. We've all heard the old adage, misery loves company, and how true that is in Satan's case. Misery does indeed love company, and he wants to take us down with him. Now, let's look at his policy. Satan's crafty. He's subtle. Uh, he, he doesn't always come out and blah, 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 blah. But he's quietly coming to tempt you, quietly coming to up behind. In fact, he might be walking side by side, put his arm around you. You might think he's your best friend, but he's not. He's not. He's not. He, he's, um, he's a hidden assassin rather than an open foe. Think about that. A hidden assassin. You don't see an assassin. You know, you, well, you might see the effect of what they do, you know, and that's to kill somebody, that's to shoot somebody, but you won't see them. And you can't find them a lot of times because they blend in. They know where the proper uh, points are to be. They've got the proper weaponry to, uh, to accomplish that which they've set out to do. And so, so, so it's so important to realize that he is a hidden assassin rather than an open foe. And he rarely attacks head on in the open like we said earlier. And Satan's very experienced. He's had a long time uh, to work. Satan has a long-studied human nature, so he's very adept at deceiving us, very adept at deceiving mankind. He knows how to come at each one of us, and he may come at each one of us in a different manner. Then secondly, let's look at the fight. We're called upon to resist rather than fight the devil. Too many people, they try to fight the devil. I've heard people testify, I've been fighting the devil all week. Well, that's your mistake. You don't have to fight him. Okay? Because he's already been defeated. He is a defeated foe. And we don't have to fight him. We are not to talk with him as a friend or compromise with him, but rather we are to resist him. That's the key right there. Resist him at every turn. But in order, like we said earlier, in order to be able to resist him at every turn, we have to be fully submitted to God. Otherwise, we're just making moving. We're just make, taking actions that don't amount to much. Remember in the book of Acts when, when um, oh, where was I going to go with this? I just had a thought. My train left the depot. In the book of Acts, when, um, oh, I know where I was going. When, when this guy followed around, followed the, the, uh, uh, the apostles around and, and started mimicking them. And then he came to, to somebody who was demon-possessed and, and uh, he said, Paul I know, Peter I know, but I don't know you. You know, you can't just mimic it. You've got to own it. You've got to have what we're talking about here. So don't, don't give him a foothold in any way. Don't compromise with him. And then now, now it, there are general orders we get from 1 Peter 5.8. Peter says, be sober-minded. That means be sharp, be alert, both physically and mentally. Now, as we get older, or sometimes not even older, but as we age or as our body breaks down, it's hard to be sharp physically. <clears throat> but we need to do everything we can to get there. And we need to be sharp mentally. 
And one of the ways we do that is get enough rest. If you know what's when you are extremely tired, extremely exhausted, that you are an easy target for the devil. He says, be alert. That is, keep awake. Never off your guard. We must always be on our guard against when Satan comes at us. Be united. Stand shoulder to shoulder with your allies. Who are your allies? Your brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to stand shoulder to shoulder together. We need to be in unity together, with, uh, standing with one another. <clears throat> then there are the tried weapons. Of course, the word of God. That's why David says, thy, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, we need to memorize Scripture. I think it's a lost art. People are no longer memorizing Scripture. And there are times I remember in my younger years that uh, I've I memorized a lot of Scripture. And there have been times when I've been preaching or talking to somebody, uh, Scripture just comes back to me that I, that I forgot that I even knew. But it's, when it's in your spirit, it's in your heart, it'll be there when you need it. The Holy Spirit will pull it out. Right when you need it. And then uh, another tried weapon is past experience. When Satan tries to tell you how little God will do for you, remind him about how much God has already done for you. You know, and, and uh, so, so we have experience. Again, I've said this so often, God has a track record in our lives. And then and we can say, Satan, look at this. Look what God has done. We used to sing a song in our churches. Look what the Lord has done. And boy, he's, he's done a lot. He's done a lot for me. And you can probably say he's done a lot for you as well. Earnest prayer is another one of our tried weapons. Allow God to become engaged in the conflict with you. Pray. Be prayed up. Don't have to get prayed up. Don't When somebody comes to you and says, I need prayer for this, don't say, well, wait just a second. got to go to an altar and get prayed up myself before I can pray with you. No, stay prayed up so when somebody has a need, you can pray for that need right then, right there. Well, they may not have a need, you know, 20, 30 minutes, two or three days on down the road, but they, or they may be so far down that it will be harder to get them up. When somebody needs prayer then, pray then. And we all know David when he faced that giant of a man. He says, the battle is the Lord's. He says, I'm not fighting this. It's God's battle. It's God's battle. And then I, I, I thought this morning, and I added this verse in here, in Second Chronicles uh, <clears throat> 20 and 15. Listen carefully, all Judah. It's Jehoshaphat. They, the armies were coming at their little nation of uh, Judah. He says, listen, all Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast number, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You know, that's something that hasn't changed much. If we're submitted to God, the battle's not ours, but God's. But God's. And I, and I like in, in, in this particular passage of Scripture, read it sometime in, uh, in uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I, uh, verse, the whole chapter really. But I like it, you know, when they, God told them what to do, He gave them instruction. And so what they did, they sent the singers out in front of the battlers, and sent out in front of the, uh, the soldiers. The singers and the praisers went first. And when, when they got up to where the enemy was, they began singing loud and praising loud, and the enemy got all confused and defeated themselves. <laughs> That's how God works. There's something powerful with praise Amen. and worship and prayer. Amen.
All right. Then let's look at the impenetrable armor that talks that Paul talks about in Ephesians six ten through eighteen. In the truth, like a belt around your waist. Now, I don't. I always wear a belt. Uh, if I don't, it would not be a good scene. Because I got this here right. See this right here? It pushes down on my britches. And without a belt, it's just not a good thing. So a belt holds things in place. Okay? And a belt, the truth, this is the belt of truth. When you have the truth, you don't have to, you don't have to compromise. Righteousness like armor on your chest. Feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel. See, there were sandals, Rita. I know how much you like sandals. <laughs> they were sandals. Feet sandaled with the readiness of the gospel. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Folks, we are equipped. God gave us everything we need. <clears throat> and then number three, the flight. The word says, once we resist him, once we are submitted to God, and we resist the devil, he will flee from you. He's got to do the run. Too often we spend our time running from the devil when we don't have to run from the devil. Submit yourselves to God, resist him, and he's got to be the one trucking down the road. I picture him, and I've said this often, I picture him in pink and purple polka dot boxers just running away from me. When I'm submitted to God and He's resist and I'm resisting Him and He's got to run. Now this may not happen at first, for there's got to be real resistance to Satan's power. And when he comes and <clears throat> if he can come and just throw a temptation at you and you give in to that, that's not real resistance. I'm talking about standing, standing firm, yet not yielding to temptation. You know, overcoming your temptation. Then, then he's going to throw another one at you, and he'll throw another one. Remember, he's he's persistent, and he keeps coming at you. But standing strong, standing firm, being submitted to God, and let God do the battle for you. Let Him fight the battle for you. Keep in mind, in this life, Satan only flees on a temporary basis. But as long as he's still here and we're still here, he's going to keep coming back because he is what persistent. He leaves only to return. And he, but each time we engage Satan and resist him, equips us more to stand fast the next time. You see, we get stronger, we get stronger, we get stronger, and it gets easier to stand fast when we're submitted to God. In the future, there will be a final flight when he is resisted. And Satan will flee never to return again. We know that times are coming. Because hell was made for the devil and his demons. The Christian life is a life of conflict. Conflict with Satan. And that's where that's a source primarily of conflict. We must endure hardness if we are to be victorious. 2 Timothy 2.3 uh, tells us, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. A Christian's life is a blessed one, for even in the midst of the conflicts we face, there is a rest in God. We can rest knowing that we're submitted to God. We can rest knowing that God's got it all in hand, that God has it all under control.
we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast on my podcast today and uh, until next time i hope you join us again enjoy the journey